Chapter 15 of A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Charlotte Boreen. A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter by Alice Turner Curtis. Chapter 15 Where is Sylvia? The butterfly was all ready and waiting for its passengers when Grace and Sylvia, followed by the smiling and delighted Estralla, who was carrying Sylvia's cape and trying to act as much like a real grown-up lady's maid as possible, came down to the long wharf. Although it was December, there was little to remind anyone of winter. The air was soft and clear, the sun shone brightly, and only a little westerly breeze ruffled the blue waters of the harbor. Negroes were at work on the wharf loading bales of cotton on a big ship. They were singing as they worked, and Sylvia resolved to remember the words of the song. The big bee flies high, the little bee makes the honey, the black man raised the cotton, and the white man gets the money. She repeated it over, and then Grace sang it, with an amused laugh at her friend's interest in nigger songs. Mr. Fulton came to meet them and helped them on board the boat. As the butterfly made its way out into the channel, the little girls looked back at the long waterfront, where lay many vessels from far-off ports. In the distance they could see the spire of St. Philip's, one of the historic churches of Charleston, and everywhere fluttered the palmetto flag. Sylvia sat in the stern beside her father, and very soon the tiller was in her hand, and she was shaping the boat's course toward the forts. Grace watched her admiringly. "'I believe you could steer in the dark,' she declared. "'Of course she could, if she had a compass and was familiar with the stars,' said Mr. Fulton. And he called Grace's attention to the compass fastened securely near Sylvia's seat, and explained the rules of navigation." "'Is that the way the big ships know how to find their harbors?' asked Grace, when Mr. Fulton told her of the stars and how the pilots set their course. "'Yes, and if Sylvia understood how to steer by the compass, she could steer the butterfly as well at night as she can now.' Sylvia looked at the compass with a new interest. She was sure that navigation would be a much more interesting study than grammar, and resolved to ask her father to teach her how to box the compass.' There had been many changes at Fort Moultrie since Sylvia's last visit. A deep ditch had been dug between the fort and the sandbars, and many workmen were busy in strengthening the defenses, and Sylvia and Grace wondered why so many soldiers were stationed along the parapet. Captain Carleton seemed very glad to welcome them, and sent a soldier to escort the girls to the officers' quarters, while Mr. Fulton went in search of Major Anderson. Sylvia wondered if she would have a chance to tell Mrs. Carleton that she had safely delivered the message. Mrs. Carleton was in her pleasant sitting-room, and declared that she had been wishing for company, and held up some strips of red and white bunting. "'I am making a new flag for Fort Sumter,' she said. "'Perhaps you will help me sew on the stars. One for each state, you know.' "'Is there one for South Carolina?' asked Grace, as Mrs. Carleton found two small thimbles, which she said she had used when she was no older than Sylvia and showed the girls how to sew the white stars securely on the blue. "'Yes, indeed. One of the first stars on the flag was for South Carolina,' replied Mrs. Carleton. "'And this very fort was named for a defender of America's rights.' 
while grace and sylvia were so pleasantly occupied estralla had wandered out crossed the bridge which connected the officers quarters with the fort and now found herself near the landing place so that when mrs carleton made the girls a cup of hot chocolate and looked about to give estralla her share the little colored girl was not to be seen i'll call her said sylvia and ran out on the veranda no response came to her calls so she went down the steps and along the walk which led to the sandbars past the houses and barracks on sullivan's island no one was in sight whom she could ask if estralla had passed that way she climbed a small sand hill covered with stunted little trees and looked about but could see no trace of the little darky it had not occurred to sylvia that estralla would go back to the fort oh dear i wonder where she can be thought sylvia calling estralla estralla and sure that if she was within hearing estralla would instantly appear as sylvia climbed over the sandy slope she saw here and there a small green vine with glossy leaves and a tiny yellow blossom and resolved to gather a bunch to carry back to mrs carleton when i give them to her i'll have a chance to say that mr doane has the letter she thought wandering on in search of the flowers she went further and further from the fort up one sand slope and down another almost forgetting her search for estralla and finally deciding that it was time to go back to mrs carleton probably estralla is there before this and they will be looking for me she thought and climbed another sandy slope expecting to see the houses and barracks directly in front of her but she found herself facing the open sea and look which way she would there was only shore sand heaps and blue water but sylvia was not at all alarmed she was sure that all she had to do was follow the line of shore and she would soon be inside of some familiar place so she started singing to herself as she walked on the big bee flies high the little bee makes the honey and hoping that mrs carleton would not think that she had been careless in losing her way it was rather difficult walking her feet slipped in the sand and after a little sylvia decided not to follow the shore but to climb back over the sand hills a cold wind was now blowing from the water and she was glad of the shelter of the stunted trees and decided to rest for a little while of course i can't be lost because i know exactly where i am this is sullivan island and the fort is right over there i mustn't rest but a minute for my father said we would start home early she thought and again started on going directly away from the fort and over the sand hills and into little sloping valleys farther and farther away from familiar places the december day drew to a close and dusky shadows crept over the island once or twice sylvia's wanderings had brought her back to the shore but not until the darkness began to gather did she really understand that she was lost and that she was too tired to walk much longer she thought of the little compass on board the butterfly and wondered if a compass would help anyone find her way on land as well as on the sea at last she began to call aloud estralla estralla feeling almost sure that like herself estralla must be wandering about lost in the sand hills it was nearly dark before she gave up trying to find her way to the fort and shivering and half afraid crawled under the scraggly branches of some stunted trees on a sheltered slope my father will come and find me i know he will she said aloud almost ready to cry i'll wait here and keep calling estralla so he will hear me a few moments after sylvia started to find estralla mrs carleton had been called to a neighbor's house 
"'Tell Sylvia I won't be gone long,' she had said to Grace. Grace did not mind being alone until Sylvia returned. She helped herself to the rich creamy chocolate and the little frosted cakes, and then curled up on a broad couch near the window, with a book full of wonderful pictures. The pictures were of a tall man on horseback and a short, fat man on a donkey. The Adventures of Don Quixote was the title of the book, and after Grace began to read, she entirely forgot Sylvia, Estralla, and Mrs. Carleton, and not until Mr. Fulton came into the room an hour later did she lift her eyes from the book. "'All ready to start,' said Mr. Fulton, "'and it will be dusk before we reach home. Where is Sylvia?' "'Oh!' exclaimed Grace, looking up in surprise. "'Hasn't she come back with Estralla? Mrs. Carleton has just gone to the next house.' "'Well, put on your things and run after them. That's a good girl,' said Mr. Fulton." "'Why, here is Estralla now,' he added, as the little colored girl appeared at the door. "'Tell Miss Sylvia to come down to the landing. I'll meet you there.' And he hurried away, thinking his little daughter was safe with Mrs. Carleton. "'Where is Missy Sylvia?' asked Estralla, who had been asleep in a sunny corner of the veranda for the last hour. "'Where is Sylvia?' echoed Mrs. Carleton, who came in at that moment. "'Has she gone to the boat?' "'Why, I don't know.' "'Perhaps she has. Mr. Fulton said for us to come right to the landing,' said Grace, her thoughts still full of the faithful Sancho Panza, of whom she had been reading. "'I will go to the wharf with you. It was too bad to leave you. I must see Sylvia before she goes. Perhaps I may not be permitted to have visitors much longer,' said Mrs. Carleton, and she and Grace left the pleasant room, and, followed closely by Estralla, made their way over the bridge to the landing-place.' "'Where is Sylvia?' asked Mr. Fulton, looking at his watch. "'We really ought to have started an hour ago.' For a moment the little group looked at each other in silence. Then, with a sudden cry, Estralla darted off. Mrs. Carleton hurriedly explained Sylvia's starting off to find Estralla and her own departure. She blamed herself that she had permitted Sylvia to go out alone. "'She must be somewhere about the fort,' declared Captain Carleton. "'Oh, yes,' agreed Mr. Fulton, "'but we had best lose no time in finding her.' While Captain Carleton questioned the soldiers, Mr. Fulton and Mrs. Carleton and Grace hastened back to the officers' quarters, and a thorough search for the little girl was begun at once. No one gave a thought to Estralla, who had traced her little mistress along the street, and was now running along a sandy slope behind the barracks, calling, "'Missy Sylvia! Missy Sylvia!' but no answer came to her calls. End of chapter 15 Where is Sylvia? Recording by Charlotte Boreen